Cookie Miller, and this is Worth the Wait. Join me every week as I explore profound weight loss solutions beyond just diet and exercise, because a lifestyle change starts with changing your mind. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Worth the Wait. I am your host, Cookie Miller, and today we have a very special guest. We are going to be talking about nutrition. We're going to be talking about portion control, and what better person than Miss Aminta Bullard to talk with us about this? She is a registered dietitian, and she has a lot of experience in helping women who have weight loss goals and women who especially are struggling with emotional eating. So, welcome to the podcast, Amenta. I'm so happy to have you here. Thanks so much for inviting me, Cookie. Yes, of course. So why don't you tell us or tell the audience, because I've been kind of stalking you on Instagram a little bit, (laughs) uh, but tell the audience who you are, you know, what you do, how you got into this field. Yes. Well, my name is Amenta and I am a registered dietitian and weight loss coach for women. And I actually got into nutrition I fell in love in college. I was having a hard time actually trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And I happened to take an elective in college that was called vegetarian cuisine. And we also had the lab where we were doing the practicals, the cooking. And in that course, I was able to be inspired by my professor who she actually was healed from breast cancer partly through nutrition. And so I was just amazed at how powerful nutrition was um, and impacting our health. And I fell in love then. Wow, that is definitely powerful. I think there's been a lot of information that's becoming a little bit maybe more mainstream about just how healing food actually is. So I'm so glad that you started off with that. Um, In talking about that, I want to talk kind of about your practice and you working with your clients. In terms of food, what are some of the most like common issues that you see when women come to you for weight loss? Some of the most common issues are um, portion control, number one. Number two, a lack of calorie awareness and three, emotional eating, as you mentioned. Now, with portion control, there was a huge shift in the food industry as a whole in the the early 80s um, through the 90s, which increased our portion sizes, the packaging, and also the serving sizes in restaurants. And there's a direct correlation between the increase in those portion sizes and our weight. here in America, North America, direct correlation. Number two, the lack of calorie calorie awareness, um, especially when it comes to foods we eat on a daily basis, is so important. If, you know, most of us we have kind of like a rotation of things we eat on a regular basis, whether it's cereal or there's spaghetti night or pizza night, even mm-hmm. um, whatever you're eating, it's really important to know the calories in there because. You know, I had one client, a male client in this instance, and he had no idea that he is eating 4,000 calories per day. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And so when we just stop for a moment and we look at the food labels or we look on the menus or look it up online even, we can get that awareness and knowledge that we need to make some shifts. And then thirdly, the emotional eating 
what I see a lot of times is my clients still start making progress as they learn the calorie awareness, as they learn the portion control. And then there's this kind of like, this kind of shift backwards and forward backwards. And that's where the emotional eating comes in because whether we like it or not, stress is a constant in all of our lives. Um, It comes in different forms, different intensities at different times. And um, most of us, we, we turn to food in some form or fashion. And so if we're not aware that we're even doing it, it's hard to make a change, right? <laughs> exactly. I want to go back to what you were saying about your client who was eating the 4,000 calories, because I wonder if there was a particular food or a particular type of food that was really getting him up there, or was it just his entire diet? Like, was it just one thing or... It, for him in particular was the quantity, but then there's also the liquids mm. because as we both know, um, drinking those calories, it's super easy. Yeah. And then the issue that comes with that is I just drank a 24 ounce latte and I'm still hungry. Yeah. Right. So in addition to that, five, six hundred calories, however might be in a, such a large drink, I'm going to go eat a meal that's probably 800 to 1,000 calories. And then it just so easily adds up. And we, right under our noses, we don't realize it. And, you know, I really try to assure my clients, it's really not your fault. It's just that lack of awareness. I am surprised all the time myself. Yeah. I turn around the packages of food. I'm like, oh my gosh, I had no idea. But the key there is you have to get into the practice of flipping the label around. (laughs) For sure. You got to look, you got to pay attention because like you were saying earlier about the portion sizes, I mean, I lived through that. So I remember when McDonald's got like, whatever that the super size or you know they went from the large to whatever that huge thing is that they have now looks like it's like 64 ounces which is Mm -hmm. insane um and so i i agree like to really let people know that hey this really isn't your fault a lot of this has to do with the food industry especially in america but that's a that's a whole other conversation for sure Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um, I noticed that a lot of your content is really based on portion control. So you talk about that a lot. Um, how would you recommend someone who is maybe brand new, like they, well, not brand new, let's say they tried a ton of different diets and things like that, but now they're wanting to focus on portion control. Where should they start? One of the first places um, that I recommend people to start with is drinks, the calories from the drinks, because that's very easy. Um, Trying to increase the water because water is wonderful and calorie free and great for our kidneys. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And actually in my nine to five, I'm a renal dietitian. So I work with dialysis patients. So I see the other side of it, you know, and I would love for our people to not have to get to that. Um, But one, the liquid calories. Number two um, thing that we overdo it on is the carb portions. So I'm not against carbs. I love carbs. I was baking bread on my stories yesterday. I saw that. It looks so good. I was like, oh my gosh, I need the recipe. (laughs) Yeah, it's so good. Um, But the thing is, is 
that's what we overeat. That's what we overdo it on. You know, if you compare the carb sizes today to the carb sizes in the 70s and the 60s, it's like double or triple the portion. So it's not that we should stop eating them. It's that we have to modify the portion sizes um, also to our activity levels because years ago, our parents, our grandparents, they had a different lifestyle. Yeah. They walked a lot more places. Most of us, people are working from home more and more. You know, we're not as active. So if you're not as active, you don't need as much carb because that's the major fuel for our energy, you yeah. know? So we, we got to modify in those places. And to replace that, I, I recommend to increase those non-starchy vegetables because those are so good, as you know, um, with the fiber, the water, and they're helping us to stay satisfied. Of course, protein as well. Yeah, for sure. I think one thing that I tell my clients is like, give yourself the volume. You know, a lot of people who are struggling with their weight, especially, I was one of them, we're used to seeing this big plate. That's that's the appeal. We want the big plate, you know? So I still have the big plates, but you just fill it up with all the veggies and it gives you that same feeling, except you're full for a lot longer, you know? Exactly. I totally agree with you, Cookie. That's awesome method. I promote that as well. Um, eat for volume and you can get the volume from the non-starchy from the non-starchy vegetables, which are low in calories. Exactly, exactly. Low in calories, keep you full. I mean, what's better than that? <laughs> yeah, low in calories, high in fiber, high in vitamins. I mean, it's a win-win. Yeah, yeah. So I want to, since you're talking about portions, I was looking at your story or no, I was looking at your page the other day and you made this reel, which I absolutely love. And I'm going to steal it with your permission. You were talking to the moms and I work with a lot of moms and man, the number one thing I hear is I eat my kids food. And you were telling, you were explaining something to the moms in that reel. So can you share that with us? Yeah. So one thing that the moms do, like you said, they eat after the kids. One of the reasons is because they don't want to waste the food. Number one. Number two, they feel guilty um, about wasting, you know, and as women, as um, people of color, that don't waste any food message has so deeply ingrained. Yeah. And it's, it's really hard to shake it if it's something that has been a foundational teaching and belief for us. So, you know, I had one client and she's like, yeah, I'm doing good. I'm, I'm tracking, I'm, I'm being mindful at my meals and not overeating, but I just find myself still you know, picking up after my girls. Mm -hmm. And that's something we had to hone in on because if you're picking up after them, after breakfast, after lunch, after dinner, by the end of the day, that might be what? 400 calories yeah. that you, you didn't need. And it, as we both know, that extra converts that's into yeah. the excess weight, so. Yeah. Yeah, it's so easy, especially, I mean, this is a different conversation, but especially a lot of parents, um, 
I think are really trapped into this, like feeding their kids, whatever is very quick and accessible. And that tends to be the chicken nuggets and, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, the things like that. So not only are you eating after your kids, but the things that they're eating aren't even in accordance with your weight loss goals. Mm -hmm. That's a good yeah. point. That's also so a good like point. a double edged sword. So tell us, tell us the thing. Tell us that that little point. What is it that moms can remember from that reel in order to not continue to go after their kids' food? Well, one of the mantras I shared there was, you know, my body is not the waste disposal because that's essentially what the moms are doing. You know, they're cleaning up after the kids and they're shoveling the waste into their stomachs. But yeah. I'm important. I'm a priority and my body is not a waste disposal. That was everything for me. That was everything for me. I just loved it because I think if you can get women and especially moms to think like that, it's kind of like, no, like I'm not a waste disposal. You know, it gives you a second to really think about what you're doing, mm -hmm. you know, and make a different decision, hopefully. So I love that. And I'm going to use it. <laughs> I'm going to use it with my moms. So. Okay, I want to, since we're talking about women, we're talking about moms, of course, we have to talk about the menstrual cycle. Um, a lot of women I've found, and I'm so surprised by, have no idea about their own periods, mm -hmm. which is like shocking to me. I, I don't know if the American school system has just failed us in that way or what, but a lot of women don't know about their luteal versus their follicular phase. They don't understand the 28-day cycle, none of that. Um, and one thing that I know is very important is that when we are on our periods, our bodies are working a little bit harder. And so in your opinion and in your professional experience, do you have women change their diets at all during their period um, or make any types of adjustments in accordance with their period? Yeah, that's really on a case by case basis. Um, I do have some of my clients who say, hey, you know, like during my period, I just get so much hungrier or, you know, I'm just craving X, Y, Z. So my advice to them is if you're hungrier, you know, and a lot of the ladies I work with, they are doing exercise, they are increasing their phys physical activity. My advice is, yeah, you can have, you know, a snack, you know, to help sustain what's going on with your body. Because like you said, the body is working a little bit harder. And so, but one thing I do uh, promote with my ladies is to practice mindful eating. So it's not kind of like a, a free for all. It's like, okay, if you're a little hungrier than normal, go ahead and eat a little bit more and just be mindful of your cues. Your, um, hunger cues as well as your satisfaction cues right right I find it interesting that sometimes I'll say you know if my client is saying something like that I'm like oh yeah you know this is a great time for you to really eat a bit more of some whole and unprocessed foods and they're kind of like I don't want that. <laughs> you know like what I thought you were going to tell me I could have some Oreos or <laughs> or something like that and so I'm like interesting so are you really feeling that you're actually hungry or is this another like form of emotional eating, right? That's in, that's connected with the period and it sucks to be on your period and all that. You kind of just want to eat, eat that pain away or are you really feeling kind of hungry 
If so, you'll try the whole food. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it can get complicated because, you know, the whole even neurobiology of appetite and eating and hunger, it, it can get complicated. And so there is that part of, you know, eating the whole foods. And then there's also that part where our bodies, since we are going through, many of us, it can be a very painful time. There might be that um, chemical desire for a, a, a chemical, um, something pleasing chemically yeah. to us. That's where sometimes the chocolate comes in or the comfort foods. It's really interesting that I read um, a study on it and what they found was that it's really kind of like environmental because this craving that American women get with the sweets and the chocolates, it's, it's you know, unique to us. It's not around the world that women are craving chocolate. So some of these things we experience are learned behaviors and they're environmental. Wow, that is super interesting. <laughs> now right. I'm like, okay, so what are women in other countries like craving? Like what's their thing, you know? Yeah. Like, that makes sense though, that it's it's basic, it's cultural in that sense of exactly. like- Exactly. Yeah, wow. So ladies, <laughs> when you're craving that chocolate, you gotta ask yourself now, is this just what I'm used to doing? Is this a learned behavior? And also just try something different. You know, if that's what you always do around your period, you don't know how your body might react or if you may feel satisfied if you have something that's a bit healthier. Yeah, and sometimes I do um, recommend to do like a dark chocolate, like the 70%. And so I do that myself sometimes as well. The thing with that is because it's not as high in fat and chocolate, people aren't gonna wanna eat as much. However, it does have those chemicals in there that can be um, kind of satisfying and comforting to the brain during that time, so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're not gonna gorge on the 70% chocolate because it's got that bitter kind of taste to it, um, but it's good. I mean, your palate will adjust as you go. So the more you try it, the more you'll become comfortable with it and you'll start to maybe even enjoy it and crave it around that time. Mm -hmm. um, okay. so. Let's, since we're talking about, I mean, I know you work with a ton of women of color, you are a woman of color, and I work exclusively with women of color. So, you know, our, our culture is uh, different. And so I think that there's a lot to, to unlearn about the way that we eat sometimes. Um, so what types of resistance to dietary changes do you typically see with your women of color clients? Well, what I find really interesting, some of the biggest resistance I get is when my ladies are losing weight, the trend is going down, and they'll come to an appointment or they'll come to a group session and they'll be like, yeah, but I was bad. Mm, yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, but you're losing weight. Right. <laughs> and they'll say, well, you know, I had ice cream this weekend or I had a burger. I'm like, OK. So the thing, these diet rules are are extremely ingrained. Now, I'm not saying to my ladies have ice cream every day, eat burgers every day. You know, I promote them to have the non-starchy vegetables at least twice per day. We're modifying the carb portion sizes. We're emphasizing the protein. We're emphasizing the water. However, um, 
my philosophy, my nutrition philosophy is that you need to eat the foods you like while you're losing weight because that's what you're going to do when it's when you're off, you know. And that's as you know, what that's a, the hard part is losing weight is to keeping it off. And so when the, everything is so strict and people aren't incorporating the foods they like while they're losing weight, that's where we experience the problem. And so they see themselves losing weight while eating foods they like, and they think I'm being bad and they start resisting like this shouldn't be happening. They literally tell me this. Mm-hmm. So that's the biggest resistance I see most commonly with the ladies I work with. They, they're resisting me <laughs> and telling them you can eat regular foods, quote unquote, and lose weight. That's one of the biggest ones I get. That I'm glad you said that. I kind of felt alone in that. I guess that's not something I've ever brought up like amongst my colleagues, but that happens all the time. Yeah. I mean, it's like, I think it really is just mind boggling to them to have something that is quote unquote bad and then still see the progress. And they're like, well, how am I doing this? Well, and then one of the questions in my check-in is like, what, what is your focus going to be this week? Like, what is your smart goal? And they're like, I'm going to have less of this or that. And I'm like, what are you talking like you just you had a great week you lost weight everything was good and they're like yeah I'm gonna fix this next week and I'm like oh man we got to work on the mindset (laughs) right there that mindset yeah yeah it's important to understand that you know this is lifelong so it's not just the the 12 weeks or the six months or however long you're working with someone like a menta or me it's really about how you can do this sustainably. You're only going to be able to sustain it, like Amenta said, if you're eating the things that, that you love. So this is how it should be. Exactly. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Amenta, for being here. You have been an absolute wealth of knowledge. Why don't you tell everyone where they can follow you and if you have anything special coming up, how they can sign up for your service, all of that. Yes, thank you again for having me. You can connect with me on Instagram at black.caribbean.nutritionist. I'd love to connect with you there. Also, my website is www.gosimplenutrition.com. And starting this month, I'm going to be having a live group focusing on emotional eating. It's called Craving Change. And, you know, as I mentioned, emotional eating is one of the root causes of overeating, which leads to weight loss. So if you want to work on that, please join me there. Awesome. Well, that sounds amazing. You guys make sure that you check out Amenta, follow her on IG and maybe sign up for her course that is coming up. Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode of Worth the Wait. Remember, if this episode or any of our episodes have helped you, please consider leaving us a five star review and I will talk to you guys next time. Bye.